the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, a good Saturday afternoon to everyone. Welcome into Woods and Water, South Carolina. Glad you tuned in. Hope you're having a, a good weekend. It was hot last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very hot. Mm-hmm. And and people in game zones three and four are suffering. Will be out deer hunting tomorrow. <laughs> Today was youth day, 14th. Yep. It was youth day in, in those game zones. And holy smoke, they're battling the Low Country Air Force. Fleas, ticks, various and sundry venomous snakes, <laughs> and, and it always, it always. I don't mind a snake, I really don't. I mean, I, I don't, unless I'm about to step on him, and that's my fault. I don't mind a snake, whatever it is. But I tell you, it's it's always creepy because this time of the year, all the deer hunting groups in South Carolina are full of all the big rattlesnake pictures that people have walked up on in the woods and mm-hmm. all, and yep. it really it just. Uh, <laughs> That gives me the willies. Gives me the willies too. <laughs> but I don't mind. I don't mind the snakes. I really don't. I, I mind snakes. But they're out in the low country, and and more power to you people that are out there deer hunting tomorrow. I I just couldn't do it. Sorry. Us on the other hand, we're getting ready for deer season. Yeah, we're still getting ready for deer season up here. We. Uh, I got my camouflage. Thanks to whom? Thank you, Dad. You're welcome, Taylor. <laughs> No, for a couple of years now, I've I've had a uh, first light deal, um, and it's it's really good stuff. I, I will I haven't said much about it, but it, it is really good stuff. I mean, I I really like their guide light pants. They're they are breathable. They 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 get wet. They dry out. They're really they stretch when you move. I mean, they're just really nice. But they have become my go-to when I work at the farm mm-hmm. or when I'm outside. That is what I wear. They are just and they they're you know they're pretty, pretty rough, tough too. Mm-hmm. I mean the briars haven't worked on them like I thought they would, and they got a pill here and a pull there, but they're good. But yeah, so Taylor got a little bit of, got her first taste of first light I'm stuff. Also, I've been using Walmart random, stuff. yeah, just whatever we. And can. it's worked until right. it's you know middle of December and, and I'm not shivering. <laughs> you may still be shivering with this too. You just, need, you just need some more meat on your bones. I have plenty of meat okay. on my bones. Okay, all right. Plenty. Um, yeah, so we're still getting ready. we still got some planning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, got to move my stand. Yeah, we got to move a couple stands. Got to cut some shooting lines, but then we'll be ready. <laughs> then maybe we'll be ready. <laughs> we might not be ready when season starts. We just take it <laughs> as it comes, folks. Dad, um, Dad, do you know what I just realized? What's that? They don't know who we are. <laughs> Does it really matter? <laughs> no. Okay. What's your name? I'm I'm Taylor Metz. And I'm Roger Metz. Thank and you. Yes. This is Woods and Water South Carolina. I did say that. You did say okay. that. You just okay. didn't get to the, the okay. rest of the And I keep part. forgetting. I mean, I keep forgetting there, we there are here and start talking. There are new people that move into the area, the new people that listen, and I just I forget that. I just 
Shame on get you. Get on to it. I know. I'm sorry. Making them feel any less special. I my regular know. Listeners. I'm sorry. We like mm-hmm. new listeners and all. And <laughs> yes, we do. Um, we and we love our old listeners too. Yes, we do. Old, not in age, but old as in you know, been with us a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stepping all over myself you really today. Are. Oh me. Uh, <laughs> here's a good one for you, Taylor. Oh boy. Do you know what takes effect tomorrow? What? The South Carolina Slowpoke Bill. Was it that where it's like they're moving all, is it all slow traffic? Yes. <laughs> a law that makes it illegal for slow drivers to stay in the left lane will go into effect tomorrow in South Carolina. Ha! <laughs> Earlier versions of the proposal had fines of $200 on a 30-day jail sentence. I like that. Uh, but I don't think it's going to start off that way. Um, they're... Uh, Said left, I love this, left lane campers cause the road to be more dangerous. Slow moving traffic is already in the right hand lane, then it just creates a mess, stop and go traffic, and ultimately some collisions resulting in that. A bill carves out exceptions for bad weather traffic, first responders. It also doesn't apply if a driver isn't holding one anyone else up. <laughs> Neither version specifies how slow is too slow, leaving discretion up to the troopers. I understand it's like a $25 fine or something like that. <laughs> But still, I like it. So, slow pokes, get in the right lane. <laughs> leave the left lane open for everybody that wants to get a ticket going 20 miles over. <laughs> yeah, like some people I know. Uh, not me. Mm. Not me. Mm. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, but not anymore. See, it's funny. When you're late for something, you're 20 miles over. And if I'm am, late for something. I am something, not 20 miles over. If I'm over, late for something, you're like. I'm going to take your car away from you. Like, yeah, eh, like, I'm gonna take your car away from you if I ever find out you've been twenty no, miles when you, over. No, when you take me places, oh, you're you're like, eh, we'll get you there. It doesn't matter if I'm late for basketball practice and I'm gonna have to True. run a lot more that's, than anybody else does. Oh yeah, uh huh. Okay. <sighs> do you have anything to contribute to the first segment of the show? That's a good question. I don't know. Do I? It was yours to get ready for. I think I've already contributed my um, personality. <laughs> Anything else you want to contribute to the show today? Maybe. By the way, we've got Charles Ruth coming on today from yeah. the, uh, the Deer and Turkey Project, mm-hmm. uh, guy from Sacramento Department of Natural Resources, kind of our annual deer season tune-up. So we've got, we got a lot of, we got a lot of things to cover, yes. And if y'all have gotten your deer tags in the mail, we're going to be talking about what's on the back of the envelope today. <laughs> the and back of the tags. Oh, it's back of the tags? Essentially, Mine was on the back of the envelope, too. Well, it's here, too. Uh. Essentially, you have everything you need to know about deer season on the back of your deer tags. I'm talking, oh. about, I'm talking about CWD. Oh, well, that too. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. there's there's so much on there. CWD is on the outside of the envelope. Yeah, I told you. Um, we're going to talk about, yeah, uh, deer season coming up. Tag system went into effect last year, the e-tag system, mm-hmm. e-check or whatever. Um, what else are we going to talk about, Taylor? We, we sent him a, they got a list of things. Yeah, we do. It's going to be a good. CWD be a good. update. You already mentioned that. Um. Hmm. Oh, coyotes, coyotes, depredation permits. A lot of a lot of questions and some confusion about depredation permits for farmers and all. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna be a good one. Mm-hmm. Charles is always fun to have on. He's always uh, a wealth of knowledge and and makes our job easy. Don't tell him that when we get him on. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Okay. So well, go ahead. Go back and listen to it. What do you have, Taylor? You got um, something over there. I do. So if you're getting that time again for apple picking. Woo-hoo. Apple cinnamon donut. <laughs> <laughs> Sky Talk put out their uh, picking schedule. 
the ones you're going to want to look at picking right now are going to be the uh, oh, uh, Asian Pear, Ginger Gold, and Early Max. And go on their website and read. They've got some changes going up, coming up. Be a little um, late starting this year. Yeah. You pick typically runs from early August to end of October, but it can go longer depending on weather. Um, you can do the you pick from the time they open at 9 until 30 minutes before closing. There's just a bunch of things what out that, here. What did they, they say? I saw that article. What they say about when they're going to start you pick? It's going to be delayed for a couple of weeks because of the cold snap they had earlier this year. Oh, the late April freeze. Yeah. Some varieties will not be available for you pick during the 2021 season, but it doesn't say the... So they're going to open a little later this week, this year. It says they're going to open later, but they don't give a date. Oh, they don't give a date. Okay. So you need to check back to their yeah, website. Yeah, check back to their website for more information. Also look at the weather updates and everything. They've okay. got some times they're going to have the orchard shut down, so okay. go check it out. But I'm excited for yes, I, I, donuts. Yes, I was on the phone the other day with Mom, and I said, we have got to go to Sky Top this yes, year because we missed going last year. But we cannot go when it's 97 degrees outside. Well, I know, I know. We're going to go early in the morning. How about we go do that, and then we go fly fishing? Ooh, now that could be. Aha. Uh-huh. That could be. That Spark could, something. There. Yeah, that got my attention. Fly yeah. fishing and apple picking on the same day. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's like fall in one day. That's, Yeah. Ooh. That might, yeah, that might, that could work. It could. Fly fishing. Uh-huh. It's been a while. I know. Neither one of us have current North Carolina licenses. <laughs> no, we don't. That goes another hundred bucks. It's okay. Had <laughs> to update yours. I've got to get mine before dove season comes in. All goes to a good cause because we are supporting conservation efforts here in South Carolina and C. North Carolina too. See. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we all should. All right, y'all, y'all hang on. We uh we're gonna get back to you next segment with Charles Ruth and we'll just see how long we keep him on the phone. But uh more woods and water stock on the other side. A lot of deer hunters across South Carolina. What about them? Right now, all they want are a couple days off. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there, Dad. Do you see what I did there? I do. And I'm, I'm just not going to say a word about music. No. I'm not, I'm not going to. But I'm it's apropos. A lot of deer hunters are saying all I need is a couple of days off to go deer hunting. Mm-hmm. And for those of them in the low country, they can do that right now. Don't Lord, know why you'd Lord want to, help but... Them, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to be a vocal few that love it. Um, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't, but anyway, I'm not a low country person. I'm up country. I'm an upstate folk. You're a mountain folk. No, I'm not quite a mountain folk. I was born in Chester, so mm. we're good. You're a Midlands folk. <laughs> a little north of Midlands, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's getting too complicated. It is getting too complicated, but... Uh, uh, complicated, it, it it can be, but we're here to make it simple, and uh, it's always good to have Charles Ruth uh, from the Department of Natural Resources on. Uh, just to, we always have fun on the air and off the air, mm-hmm. and I really don't get to see you enough, Charles. But I appreciate you making time to come back on the show. Yeah, Roger. You know it's always good to do your show. Hey, Taylor. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Charles is Charles just got back from the the Great Western. Uh, Expanse of Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, sure did, uh, Roger. That was my family went out. That's the first time. Well, my son actually took a course when he was at Clemson several years ago out there, so he had a little bit experience. And uh, 
but neither my wife or myself had been to Yellowstone. We spent all the last week out there and uh tell you what it's big country. It's something else to see <laughs> for somebody from, from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of trees. In some places you just yeah. look out and you go, God, where are the sweet gums at? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I tell you, I, 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 you know, the last couple of years, my brother and I, I'm, I'm strictly a bow hunter when it comes to hunting deer, but my brother and I have gotten into long range target shooting. Uh oh, and you could absolutely break a gun. Out here. Um, I did some yardage estimates and then got on Google Earth, and I was way, way wrong on my yardage estimates oh. out there. Of course, you know, you, 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 doing that type of thing, you got to have a range. Sure. But, uh, but anyway, it's uh you you could you could ruin a rifle out there. <laughs> Long range hunting, man. You sound like, it, it, there's more and more people getting into that. I got a. It's fun. I mean, what what do you what caliber are you shooting when you shoot that long range stuff, Charles? Yeah, well, it's it, you know, like I said, I'm an I'm an archer. So so what I do is it's just simple target shooting, and we've got a, we put together a. Six millimeter Creedmoor, okay, which is obviously a small bullet, but it's got really good ballistics. Yeah. Uh huh. And we, over the last year, we've been working out further and further, and right now we're at thirteen hundred yards with less than a minute of angle group, which is which is cool. I mean, it's cool. You can't you can't shoot the darn thing. I mean, you can adjust for elevation. You can get a sharp ballistics charge sure. and make those adjustments. But if the wind's blowing at all, you add that third dimension, and it's it's hard. And, folks, that you know, wind, it, I was just, you said hard. Folks, the wind is not just in 1,300 yards. It's not blowing in one direction. You, you could have. Well, we, yeah, that's a good point, Roger. And we figured that out that, you know, we're losing over 30 feet of elevation, <laughs> um, you know, out there at twelve or 1,300 yards. So the bullet is up, actually up. Way up into trees. Yeah, you can't tell what the wind's doing up there. Uh-uh. But anyway, it's a challenge, and we just don't shoot when it's windy because okay. we hadn't, you know, with ammunition the way it is. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and components, yeah. we just can't waste waste stuff right now. So we get the conditions right and only have to deal with the elevation change. Okay. So and that's and that's doable. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen hundred yards, Taylor. Mm-mm. Yeah. That is. That is. One and a half times what you see from the deck. <laughs> oh man, Charles, that's just that is yeah, that's that's way out of my that's way out yeah. of my league. Uh-huh. Mine too. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, we we've been tickled. That's that's great, man. I'm 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 to the point now where I'm having trouble seeing the front leaf side on my front lawn. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> so I'm going the other way. <laughs> my distance on some shots is getting less and less. <laughs> oh me, oh, so y'all! We do. This is what it's like every time Charles on. We just have a really good time together. There's always something new and. And again, I, I all these years, Charles, I appreciate all the time you've given me. I really do, and your knowledge too. Uh, and your knowledge. Um, hey, first year of, of everybody calling in, either apping it or logging in on the website and checking their deer. And how, overall, how do you think? How do you think the first year went? It, it went better than Charles expected, Roger. <laughs> um, I know last you know, year I, you, you know, with the app, especially the not the iPhone app, the but Samsung the the, the other app. Or, you were yeah. you were you were having yeah, some time. Yeah, you know, we. Yeah, we had a, a few hiccups here and there, but all in all, 
understand that we're one of the last states to have electronic harvest reporting. Right. For, you know, in, in our case, it's only for turkeys. But I've seen the other states and my counterparts struggle with with blow-ups in the initial year of having these systems. Right. We really didn't have that. We had a few little glitches. We had some stuff that wasn't public-facing with, with managing some data. Okay. But the hunters didn't know about it, you know, and we right. got very few complaints. I asked our our director and our division director, did they get calls from people? Did they get calls from politicians? And they said no. And that's all I needed to know. I mean, okay. it was a monumental task that, you know, Jay Cantrell, who you know that yep. works with me here yep. in the big game program, along with our IT folks, I mean, we were, you know, working on this thing for eight to ten months before the turkey season. Right, yeah. It was just, it was a big deal. It was one of those four or five mountains that you move in a career, and, and, and we got it done. I will say, just for hunters to know, we're going to have a different provider next year. Okay. So there will be some changes. Okay. Um, and that's necessary. I mean, we've got to go with this new this new package. So, and we'll be, ha- you know, when, when people get their turkey tags next year, we'll have all this out for them. They're probably going to have to download a new app. Okay. Unfortunately, but but that's just the way it is. I mean. Yeah. But yeah, I get, you know, to reiterate, Charles was pleased, better than expected. <laughs> um, you know. That, that's that's what I'll tell you. I'm hoping we can get it for deer in a few years. I was going to ask my next question. How long do you think out it'll be until we have it for deer season? Well, you know, it will it will it will require legislation. The General right. Assembly is going to have to change the law and say, "Hey, DNR, you're allowed to require hunters to to use it for deer." Okay. So that that said, for example, if that legislation went through next year we would ask them to add a year of implementation. So we're looking at, gosh, probably at the earliest 2024. Okay. So it's really something that if we want in the very near future, we're going to have to, you know, get with the General Assembly and see if they would be agreeable to that, Okay. you know, in tw- you know, start the process right away. Yeah, 2024 uh, before you got it. Huh. Well, good, because I know, I know when we talked to you this spring, um, there were some real <laughs> – Charles, at one point, I think you said you were headed for the door. Yeah, well, I was. It, <laughs> if a couple, if a couple of things hadn't worked right, I would have been headed for the door. But to be honestly, you honest with you guys. Yeah. I mean, the the public facing part was okay. Yeah, we did have a, a problem that day one, Andrew. because the the, mm-hmm. the the digital coding on. Um, I guess it was the Android right. platform, the digital coding that our IT folks had given the app developer. You know, the season dates statewide are March 22 through May 10, and the developer did not use the start and beginning date. Oh. So people with the Android, when they tried to report on March 22, the app said the turkey season is not open. Oh, and, and so that was an immediate problem. But they put, they were able to push a, uh, an update right okay. away and got that taken care of. So and there was a couple of other behind the scenes things. Right. Bo, I'm gonna tell you, we we just didn't get that many calls. Okay. From people that were frustrated. The one there was, you know, you're gonna have some individual problems with the app. Sure. Uh, but it's people's phones. They hadn't updated their. Operating uh-huh. systems and things like that. So, okay. uh, but I was pleased. I I didn't think I would be pleased, but I was. Okay. Uh, 
Very good. Well, you got about a minute and a half, Taylor. You got uh Yeah, just real quick. With all the data that y'all got from electronic tagging, what's that being used for? Well, I think one of the biggest things, Taylor, is that unlike with our annual survey that we do after the season in which we can get general time frames like 10-day periods or, or harvest by week or season, we've got real-time harvest by day of, of the season, and that's important to see how that changes. Obviously, most turkey hunters know that the majority of birds are killed in the first couple of weeks, but to really nail that down is important. There's some other kind of down-in-the-weeds data about, you know, how many of these birds are taken by residents versus non-residents. Right. Um, it, 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 and we can get to that with the survey, but it's, a, it's much more difficult, and we're constrained on the survey by the length of the survey. So, you know, we can cross-reference um, all of this data very quickly from the electronic harvest reporting, and it just allows us to do things that we can't do with the survey. Plus, and the big thing is, it'll, and what people need to understand is that we had – 9,797 9, birds reported electronically. That's an actual body count. Obviously, some people don't comply with that. We're going to try to back into the noncompliance rate based on our survey. And ultimately, what will be interesting to see is what the difference is between the, the harvest reporting, reporting being the key word, and the estimate from the survey. Right. The survey is going to estimate more dead birds, mm -hmm. which is closer to the real world because not everybody reports, you know. Right. Um, but, it, but again, you know, being able to have this second stream of data and have it much quicker, see, we don't even have our data from the survey at this point yet. Right, because y'all were still looking for... For volunteers to help out with that last time I checked. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. we we send the survey forms out after the season, but we got to let it eat for a while, and then we got to enter the data, and then we got to do the analysis. So, you know, probably another month we'll have the survey data that we normally have, but we've, you know, the electronic harvest reporting, that's way in the past. I mean, that's a done deal. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of us were watching those, those actual harvest numbers to see what they, how they compared to prior year from the surveys. And it was uh, it was kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, and I, I know we may be running out of time for this. Yeah, section, yeah. But, um, what was amazing to me and Jay here at the office is we were getting calls from hunters that were looking at these updates on the harvest, and they were amazed that we killed that many turkeys in South Carolina. And I, you know, I would just <laughs> chuckle and say, "That's nothing. That's not like it used to be." Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, hang on. Let's. Uh, I think we're gonna get in some deer. When we come back. Mm-hmm. I think we won't waste much time with y'all. It's not a long range shoot, but that wasn't wasting time. That was good stuff. So, y'all hang on. We'll be back. More woods and water, South Carolina, Charles Roof after the break. Mosquitoes. <laughs> Taylor's over here itching already. She hasn't been in a tree stand yet. No, of course, I you'll, haven't. you'll have thermocells. Yeah. When season God. starts. <laughs> the ones that it's like, once, once like you start itching them, they won't stop. Yeah. You sure those aren't chiggers? No, they're definitely mosquito bites. Oh. It was at this football scrimmage the other day, and they were everywhere. Oh. Oh, another reason not to go to that stuff. Well. 
That's <laughs> just I'm just being honest with you. The problem is no, there's no now problem. that they're already this they're this bad already. Yes. They're gonna be just as bad when I get in my stand and that look creek bottom. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I got a thermos oh. up for you. I got one. In fact, I got two. I'll let you have. You're so generous. Because I'm up on a hardwood ridge, and I don't have uh-huh. any <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, me. Well, welcome back to the show. Got uh, got Charles Ruth on us on with us, and uh, spent the first part of the show just catching up. Hope y'all enjoyed it, and talking a little bit about turkey tags, the e check, and all that. Hopefully, it's coming for deer here shortly. Uh, Charles, speaking of deer season, it's uh, it's upon us. Youth days today down down in three and four. Uh, regular season starts for those guys in. Tomorrow morning, I guess, and um, tags are out for most everybody. You want you want to say something? If you don't have your tags, what do you need to do? Yeah, I mean, Roger, we did for for those folks that have or had an active license. Um, it includes tomorrow, which is opening the earliest opening day in the state. Okay, they should you know that have that have a license and big game permit that's active tomorrow's date. You should have already received your your uh, base set of resident tags. Okay. You know, we did that fulfillment the last, you know, the last 10 days of um, of July. Okay. And um, so at this point, if you do have an active license in big game, you might want to call our licensing section and check on it. If somebody, if somebody goes on and orders their license today, how long, I mean, I know they can print, you know, they can print a tag or they can go to an office and get tags on Monday or whatever. Yep. But if they just go online, order through the online licensing and all, how long will it take them to get their tags normally? Yeah, we tell people five to seven days, but okay. that's pretty conservative. I, you know, the mail is a lot better than it used to be. And okay. this fulfillment vendor that we have, they are directly tied with the U.S. Postal Service. So, so it's normally just a couple, three days. Okay. But we tell people five to seven. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I know we didn't get ours till last week. I was a little worried. I started to get worried that, you know, well, I know my license is active. If I missed them or something, and then all of a sudden they just showed up together, uh, you know, yeah, first first you know, to last gotta, week or something like that. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind is that our that initial fulfillment that we did had 197,000 people in it. <laughs> and, and it takes it takes our vendor, you know, about 10 days or two weeks to, to get through all that as far as the printing and, and mailing. Okay. Um, so you know, and that said, you got yours last week. I got mine three weeks ago. So oh, wow. Yeah, and it, it, I don't know how it, how it operates if it's by last name or zip code or whatever. But uh, yeah, if you're a resident hunter that was in line to get tags and you hadn't gotten them, you need to check. And if you're a if you hunt private land in South Carolina, pretty much everything you need to know about deer seasons is on the back of your tags. That, absolutely. Yep, you got your youth days, you got season dates, you got bag limits, everything. You got a diagram. If you're if you're looking at using the optional antler restriction tags, you got a diagram. So it's all there. The only thing that's really not there is a, is a lot of the, the details related to WMA hunting. Okay. Season dates are there, but the, the down in the weeds for special WMAs and so forth, that's not on the back of the tag form. Okay, and and one thing, one little hiccup that. A lot of people, I see it on social media a lot. In Game Zone 1, you know, we're, we, in Game Zone 3 and 4, we know it just starts August 15th. Those guys are off and running. 
Game Zone 2, September 15th, October 1st is your archery season, 1st through the 10th, muzzle loading. October 11th through January 1st is gun season. In Game Zone 1, it's a little bit different. Would you tell us about Game Zone 1? Well, Game Zone 1, you, it starts October 1, and it, as you recall, and as a lot of older hunters will recall, that used to be the, the, the start date for all of the upstate, October 1. Right. It, and, and, of course, the, the Piedmont proper now is September 15th, but as far as the mountains, Game Zone 1, it's October 1 through 10, quote, primitive weapons. Okay. So so there's not a standalone archery. It's an inclusive archery and and muzzle loader season. Okay. And then you go on the eleventh with the regular firearm. Regular season. season. Okay. Yeah. I know some people get confused course, about back, that. Yeah, and the bag limits are a little bit different on yep. antlerless deer and so forth in, in the mountains because yep. there's just not that many deer up there. Yep. I heard they're bigger though when you but, get one. And you tie in a big old yep. buck up there, they're big. Yeah, and as far as the number of tags available and all the details about the tags, nothing at all has changed. Okay. Nothing. Do you see anything? I was going to save this for later, but since we're on it, do you see anything changing for deer regulations in the near future other than maybe the e-check coming? Uh, not really, Roger. I mean, we're, we just finished year four, or 2020 was year four of the new system. Um, this year will be year five. We we will have to produce a legislative report probably, I think I have to go back and look at the date, after next year, I think. And at that point, we perhaps would look at the data, uh, scrutinize it, and maybe ask you know ask for some changes. But I don't know the thing right okay. now. We would like to, to move ahead with, with the deer harvest reporting, but uh, that's kind of a different issue. You know? Okay. Okay. Taylor, you you uh, brought something up on the back of the envelope that your deer tags come in. Yeah, speaking of regulations, so we, as far as South Carolina goes, we don't have any confirmed cases of CWD, but what is the latest news in general? Taylor, not a lot of new news. Uh, you're correct that we haven't diagnosed it in South Carolina. It hasn't been diagnosed on, by any of our adjacent states. Uh there hasn't been a change in in the states that have it. There's 26 states. We've got a map. Of course, you've you've got a map included in the literature with your tags. Mm-hmm. The big big deal is that I guess the real the, the little bit of new news is they they found a different part of Virginia that was well away from the area that they had diagnosed 12 or 15 years ago. The, the area is actually much further south in Virginia and within about 40 miles of the North Carolina oh, line. Wow. Mm. So, and that's kind of, um, if, if you go about middle of the North Carolina line on, with Virginia, I don't know exactly what counties, but okay. it, it's kind of above the middle of North Carolina. Um, so that's a little bit of you know, that's a little concerning, much more so for North Carolina, because that's almost close enough for, for North Carolina to implement their CWD response plan, where they okay. start really amping things up. Right. Um, so, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna remain diligent, as you can see, and I think as hunters will see, we're serious about it. We're including stuff on the envelope. We're including stuff with the tags. We've got different messaging for residents versus non-residents because we don't want non-residents taking carcasses back to their home state because they're going to get in trouble 
crossing into other states with certain carcass parts. Um, we do have our carcass regulation in that you can't bring in certain carcass parts from states with CWD. Um, a lot of states, guys, you can't take any of those certain carcass parts regardless of the state where you kill the deer in, what their status is. So message to hunters is if you're traveling to hunt, you really need to look not only at the state you're hunting in, but the state you travel through if you're taking back, if you're bringing back, you know, carcass parts. Yeah, if you're going to Iowa to deer hunt, you need to know everything between South Carolina and Iowa. Right. That's exactly right. And some of the states may not, it, it may not be a, well, I better not say that. I was going to say they may not matter if you pass through, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I know that some states are, they're monitoring overpasses, and if they see a deer in the back of a truck, they're going to pull that truck. Oh, wow. So you just, yeah, just you need to look at the state and find out if you have to bone out the meat or what you need to do. Clearly, you're not going to be able to bring back a trophy head with the brain in it. You right. You have to have that that head, that head caped out. Yep. In the state where you killed it. So hunters just need to, you know, they need to be aware, and I think most of them are. This is a serious issue, and and they need to check the regs and all the states that they're dealing with. Do you have a follow up? I thought you said. Not to raise mm-hmm. your hand, look at me about something. No, no. no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, that and all that information is on the back of the envelope that your tags come in. Yep. yep. And, and and also, if you look inside, we had an insert as well. Okay. Yep. And not not only do we have this carcass regulation, we've got the regulation on the um, the commercial deer urine. What you know, what I commonly call dopey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pro, you know natural commercial deer. Lures are prohibited in South Carolina, um, at least for now, until they come up with a, a bona fide way to test it. Okay. Um, hunters in South Carolina, if you kill a deer, you can take the tarsal gland or the, the bladder and urine and use it, but it has to be a hunter-killed deer from South Carolina. None of the none of the imported commercial stuff that you find on the shelves. You can't you can't use that. You can also use the, the um, the synthetic version. Yeah. And much, many of these companies are now going to synthetics. Okay. Just for this reason. All right. Well, if you can hang around for another segment, we've got some more stuff to cover. You good? Yes, sir. All Absolutely. right. All right, everybody, hang on. We'll be back with more uh, Woods and Water South Carolina. Charles Ruth going to talk about uh, a little more deer hunting stuff. Some questions people might have, questions we have. So y'all hang on. Disconcerting look on your face there, Taylor. Yeah, I thought one side of my headphones went out for a uh, second, but the, it, it's fine. Yeah. We're good. And it sounds a lot like our intro music because it is the same group. Yeah, it the is. DB Brothers. The I did group. know that. You did know that. I, I know. Did. You're getting so. better on this stuff. Proud oh, of thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you when I'm proud of you. I made I made the playlist for our fishing trips that has some of your. Songs yeah, it does. In it. We were up on Lake Kiwi the other day, and and. Uh, <laughs> uh, Somebody stubborn over here wouldn't drop shot, so she went over for the day. Okay, no, we are talking about deer hunting. We're not talking about fishing, okay? <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. No, you didn't. But, that but, was unnecessary. But you were, you were playing the little, you're playing your hit list for me, and it I had was. some good songs in it. You're welcome. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. We'll, get, we'll, we'll talk more about fishing next week. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to tell everybody where we were going. Mm-hmm. Who we were catching them all. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, welcome back to Woods and Water, sec- uh, South Carolina. Final, yeah, final segment of the show. Been uh, been uh, privileged to have Charles Ruth with us again, talking about old turkey tags, and we got a little bit in the deer season and tags last last segment. Um, Taylor, uh, well, I guess I guess I get to start him off because yeah. you know. Charles, I was I was leafing through all of some of the stuff I get, and there's a there's a Minnesota hunters group that aims to shut down the captive deer industry up there, based on you know we talked a little bit about CWD last segment, um, a pretty good article, and and they just want to get rid of deer farming in the state as a whole, and I, I bet that won't be the first group that kind of starts it up, and it's probably not the first one to start it up, but. Uh, Confirm for me, we don't have quote-unquote deer farms here in South Carolina, right? Never have had them. That's correct. We've always been a closed-door state as far as importation. And, of course, if you can't import deer, you can't you can't bring them in to have, quote, a, a deer farm. Now, that said, Roger, we do have a small number of high-fenced areas. Okay. Uh, there was, Yeah, there was a law change back in the year 2000, which basically – put a moratorium on these high fences and it allowed the ones that were in existence at the time to grandfather. Okay. But the de- the deer in those high fences are just South Carolina deer that happened to be there when the fence was put up. So, okay. And, and that, you know, that's a big difference. You know, typically when you talk about deer farming, you're talking about commerce and moving deer in and out and so on and so forth. And we do not have that, never have. Hopefully right. never will. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was. And the, the, yeah, the big reason being is there has been a dramatic link between the movements, these commercial movements of deer, and where chronic w- wasting disease has been popping up. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's been a that's been a big one. The moving the deer don't test positive until they die, and then they move from one state to another, and now you've got a farm that's got CWD. Yeah, quick. Yeah, Texas has got a huge mess right now. Yeah, I have, they a, have had a couple. Yeah, they've had a couple of these, these, uh, these farms that have sent deer to a couple of hundred other farms, and now it's just starting to, you know, be like sparks coming from a, from a fire. Wow. With, I have with, a, with CWD. I have a friend that lives down there, and she was telling me we were talking about CWD, and she said, yeah. It's going to be a problem for her, and she hunts yeah. down in South Texas, but she said the deer farms out there are just, some things happen down there she's concerned about, but thankfully, we don't have to worry about that here. <laughs> just natural natural progression if that happens. Yep. Taylor, coyotes? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about, about this on the show before, you know, what's the latest on coyote numbers, What is what effect is it having on deer population here, but... There's a study going on that I read about in McCormick County, and have we talked about that one on here before? Yeah, and you know who's running that study? Him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just telling <laughs> Oh, okay, general. okay, all right. Um, I thought you were asking me a question. No. Okay. How is it going? I know it's it's a five-year study, and but how is it going so far? It's going well, Taylor, and actually, you know, it's a cooperative study between DNR and Clemson. And um, we've got two Ph.D. students under the supervision of Dr. David Jahowski up there. We're actually just about to finish the final year of field work. Um, I mean, I'm talking about right now. You know, we've been we've been basically catching does in the wintertime, which allows us to catch fawns in the spring, and then monitoring those fawns, you know, until they're about three to four months old, which is about now. 
that's why the field season is about over with. And again, this will be the last field season. We've also got coyotes on the same property with GPS units. Uh, so, so that's winding down. Got a lot of analysis to do. But what I can tell you, Taylor, is that from a fawn mortality standpoint, we're finding very similar to result, results to the work we did earlier in the century down at Savannah River site. Uh, and that was, we found that we were losing about 70% of the fawns. In the case of the SRS data, a very high percentage of it was related to predation by coyotes. Coincidentally, the McCormick study, uh, we're finding about the same thing as far as, as losing 70% of the fawns. Not quite as many related to coyotes, and we've huh. we still got some analysis to do looking at DNA to nail down the cause of death. But okay. all in all, pretty similar results. Um, at least preliminarily. Okay, all right. And I know this property at, at the beginning did not have uh, any baiting on it, and then y'all introduced baiting. Uh, too early to say yep. how that's affected anything? Yeah. Exactly, Roger. And okay. This was a big track, uh, private track, where they you know, they have a history of hunting. They chose not to bait, and, and we were able this past year to introduce feeders uh, and this was, we, we had them, had them going just after turkey season. So this is, you know, this is something we don't have any of the data ah, from. But what okay. we're trying to look at, since we had all these deer and coyotes with GPS units on them, we wanted to see if all of a sudden they changed their habits and movements because this bait was now available. Gotcha. And of course, I, I don't know at this point how it, uh, how it turned out. And we right. also got, uh, had about a hundred cameras, uh, strategically and, and, statistically placed on the property just taking pictures of whatever broke the beam so you know guys all of this will be coming out the next few years as okay. the students uh crunch the numbers and so forth great great study though yeah sounds like it are, are you glad those uh late night doe catching sessions are over <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't get out that much. Now, you know, so it's always a change. And um, but, but you know, typically my mo and, and Jay has been more diligent than I have to help the students. But my mo with these studies is I, I go for the gusto in year one when you're getting them up to speed on right. how to net, you know, how to trap these deer. And you know, they're PhD students. These are smart people. They can run the show after that because I, you know, again, I, I've got a real job. Sure. Part of it's research, but I've got a lot of administrative duties here at the office. And, right. Uh, you just got to prioritize. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, well, they're well equipped to do what they're doing, and, and like I said, it's almost completed at this point. Can't wait for those results to come out. That'd be interesting. Interesting Absolutely. read. Um, yep. Got about uh, got about oh, four minutes or so. Let's uh, let's talk about depredation permits. Um, okay. You know, every every year, every springtime, it crops up, carries through the summer, and people complaining about depredation permits. Why do we have depredation permits here in South Carolina? What's the what's the major driving reason behind it? Well, it's 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 protection of property is what it is, and there's a there's a law in Title Fifty. Title Fifty are the wildlife laws. It basically says that DNR will cooperate with private property owners related to damage caused by wildlife. And, of course, in this case, we're talking about deer. And, and 99% of this is related to damage to agricultural production. Okay. Right? Um, of course, the growing season is spring and summer. 
Um, and, and we do have calls. Most of this, Roger, goes on in the coastal plain because that's the big agricultural portion of the state. Okay. And really, the bulk of it is in just a handful of counties that are the big agricultural producers. Orangeburg, Williamsburg, Florence, Hampton, you know, those, those places that, that got a lot of soybeans, sure. got a lot of cotton and so forth. You know, annually we issue five to 600 permits. And when you start looking at that across the state, you know, we've got 46 state uh, counties. So if right. we were doing 10 per state per county, that's about all of them. That's not the way it is, though. You may have 80 or 80 or so issued alone in Orangeburg or Williamsburg County. And really, if you look at the five top counties, that's probably half or more of all the permits. So okay. it's, it happens only in certain parts. I will say that, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil. And, I, and we, you know, it's, it's a PR dilemma for us because obviously these farmers want to protect their their you know their property their, their, their livelihood potential their yeah. livelihood yeah. on the other hand the local hunters want to shoot these deer during the deer season and and what we like to see is the two come together that is the farmers and the hunters get together and remedy this solution or remedy this problem during the deer season um, there's a lot of misinformation about these permits they're issued at the local level by our game wardens uh, most of which it's old news. They'll know the farmer. The farmer calls. The officer will go out, look at the soybean field, and say, yeah, you got damage. The permits are for antlerless deer only. If we catch people shooting bucks, we will ticket them. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a misnomer that people are shooting these big velvet bucks with these permits. If they do and they get caught, they got big problems. Okay. It's antlerless deer only. Typically, the permit is, is issued for particular particular fields. It's issued for 30 days. The maximum number of tags typically is 10 tags. Uh, we encourage the hunters to, to kill the deer dead, get the deer out of the field, either use it themselves or get it to someone that can use it. There's a misnomer that the deer has to be left in the field. That I've been around over 25 years, and that has not been the case whatsoever in my career. So, okay. You know, it's again, it's kind of a, a PR issue, um, a lot of misinformation, a necessary evil. And, uh, but, you know, these folks are trying to make a living. Sure. Um, and the law says that they, they need to be able to protect their property. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lay any blame at the hunter's feet, but a lot of these guys that hunt, they want the bucks. And so during the season, they let, you know, all the does pass and, and it just, creates the problem because the does are ones you got yeah yeah you're exactly right roger and the worst situation that we deal with is you have a farmer that is leasing the dirt leasing yeah. the land to farm on from from a property owner who and the property owner is also leasing the, the deer hunting rights to a completely different group gotcha and just like you said, the deer hunters, they want to sit there and wait on these bucks and don't shoot those which in the in turn causes a problem for the farmer right Okay. Well, that's all the time we got, Charles. I knew we'd use it all. I really appreciate you doing this again. Take care. Let's uh, let's get up together and eat some lunch one day. Uh, my treat. <laughs> all right, 10-4. Just let me know. Good to talk with you guys. All right. Take care. All right, folks, as always, make time to get out there. Take it back when you can. Don't forget the camera. See you back next week. More Woods and Water South Carolina. Maybe a little fishing. Carolina <laughs> <laughs> 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.